0: Winner,
1: winner, chicken yeah. dinner! Yeah. Four. You got real talent. Don't
2: concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody? And thanks, as always, for joining us here on the Action Network Podcast, the Golf Edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet, alongside, as always, my pal Peter Jennings from Fantasy Labs, and we would like to be the first to welcome BetMGM as the official odds provider of the award-winning Action Network podcast. So thank you to them, and you'll be hearing a lot more about that partnership in podcasts to come. So, Peter, we have so much to talk about. A world-class, all-time BMW championship finish in that playoff with John Rahm defeating Dustin Johnson after a couple of the best putts that you will ever see uh tour championship coming up this week and a lot to talk about and a lot to kind of parse through with all the the handicaps and the non-handicaps and different things that we're looking at so uh before we go any further give me something you're looking at and oh by the way hi how you doing
1: jason great to be with you thrilled that we have uh Bet MGM is a sponsor. I, I actually love betting there as a golf better. They're unique in that they they pay out ties in full uh in their finishing position bet. So love those. Thrilled they're sponsoring us. And uh yeah, I'm excited about this week. A guy that I'm on is Colin Morikawa, who I've talked a lot about on this podcast. I think he's a little undervalued coming into this week on a course that sets up extremely well for Colin. So Rom Morikawa, those are my two horses I normally ride with, and uh Excited that uh, I get to pivot off Rom to Colin Moore this week.
2: You know, I like that a lot, Peter. I'm going with another guy whose game should be suited for Eastlake, but really I'm just rooting for chaos this week because last week, Webb Simpson was the lone player in the field at the BMW who decided not to play. And a lot of people have said, you can't skip the AFC championship game if you want to go to the Super Bowl. That's not how playoffs work. Well, guess what? The playoffs are working that way in golf and Webb Simpson, uh, may have just avoided what was a basically a major championship type of atmosphere last week at Olympia Fields, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, Just the setup, the conditions, everything about it. Um, I I thought it was terrific last week. So uh, I like Webb Simpson this week. I like him from four shots back. I like him to put social media on tilt this week with just – He's not allowed to do that. He can't go from not playing in a playoff event to winning $15 million. Just wait because it's going to happen. So, before we get to the tour championship, we're going to talk about last week's BMW. And before we get there, uh, Pete, uh, you and I have been kind of hot lately. I mean, don't like to toot our own horn here, but uh, going back to the WGC FedEx St. Jude in Memphis. My favorite guy this week is Justin Thomas. I just think that he's trending in the right direction. He tends to play these really well. I'm going to be invested in JT this week. And then you look at what we talked about before the PGA Championship. I, I like a guy like Morikawa. I cooking. love Morikawa this week. I, I, do I love, I, love
1: it. I think, it, give me the guy who's the best iron player. Like, you're going to be able to put it close to flags. You'll be able to make a lot of birdies. So, yeah, I couldn't say enough positive things about Morikawa.
2: And then just last week, well, you know what? You and I both nailed the winner here.
1: This week, I'm going to be all over John Rahm again. He is the expensive guy that I am going to be paying for.
2: All right, so enough pounding on our chests and telling everybody how good we are. Let's get to what happened at the BMW Championship. And I will be the first to admit it, Peter. I, I did not see John Rahm going 66-64 on the weekend on Friday night when it looked like he was out of it. But I am sure glad that he did because, uh, as mentioned right there, you and I were both all over him. And, boy, have we seen a better finish than that in – a long time. I mean, that was fantastic. With Dustin Johnson making what looked like an unmakeable putt on that 18th green in regulation, and then John Rom making what looked like a more unmakeable putt in the playoff. I, I just thought it was some terrific stuff, and I don't think anyone could argue with that.
1: No, and uh, I guess we do have a finish that was I wouldn't say as good, but very maybe maybe as good at the workday with JT and uh, Colin Morikawa making bomb to bomb. But then the the final hole. <laughs> was not as interesting just because Morikawa kind of locked it up with where JT went off the tee. But uh, all four of those guys, I mean, those are four of the top five or six players in the world. And it's amazing. These guys are making these long bombs when they have to, and it's almost like I'm the best player in the world. No, I'm the best player in the world. No, I'm the best player in the world. Like you see, I'm, you know, we both have played money games with amateurs and I'm certainly a hack and you get in, you get in these gambling moments and, you see people just choke it away, and you know, and those situations were like praying for a two putt. These guys are splashing these one percent putts uh, at an unreal clip, and uh, it was so fun to watch. Uh, I definitely lost a year or so off my life. Uh, was very heavily invested in John Rom, and yeah, it's it's fun that we've been hot. But uh, you know, I've both talked about it. It's you can't pat yourself too much on the back when you're taking John Rom the favorite and JT and whatnot. But we're we're happy. We're we're definitely. Uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a good stretch here. So, DJ uh, has made Brooks Kepka look really stupid, which makes me happy. And John Rahm, uh, who I've talked a ton about in this podcast, you can make the argument for three or four guys, maybe five guys, as the best player in the world. And you certainly can do it for John Rahm, who has zero weaknesses in his golf game.
2: So, there are a lot of ways I can go after that. And that was all very, very well put by you. I, I guess the first thing I'd say is that I, I have been basically holding on to Bryson DeChambeau the entire year for the U.S. Open. I said, look, this is this is not your father's U.S. Open. This is not the U.S. Open anymore that gets won by Corey Pavin or Lee Jansen or Jim Furyk. This is a U.S. Open that over the last four years has been won by Brooks Kepka twice, Gary Woodland, Dustin Johnson. And the, the, this is the domain of the big boys now. Look, basically what happens at the U.S. Open these days is everybody's going to miss the fairway. You've got to be big enough and strong enough and athletic enough to hit the ball out of the rough. And so... I've been thinking for nine months now that Bryson DeChambeau is going to be my guy at Wingfoot. And you know what? I think I might be changing that opinion. Not that I don't like Bryson moving forward, but John Rahm has won the two, easily the two most difficult tournaments of the summer on the PGA Tour in the Memorial Tournament and the BMW Championship, each time uh, being docked a, a stroke or two strokes with a penalty that really didn't wind up mattering, I guess, in the end, although uh, I guess he would have avoided having to roll in a 66 footer uh, on Sunday in that one, but uh, this past weekend. But um, really, uh, being able to overcome penalties in both situations and, and still win those golf tournaments uh, just goes to show, first of all, how good he is. Secondly, how good he is on really difficult golf courses in tough conditions.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent point, Jason. And it was great to hear Jason Day talk about how he wants courses to play tough. And you hear the top players say, you know what, I like the tough conditions because tough conditions normally yield the best results for the top players in terms Mm -hmm. of their finishing position. The harder it is, the more skillful it is. And the birdie fest, you can see uh, – I mean – I like the birdie fest for DFS and it's fun. We certain weeks, but you know, anyone can really go out and win a birdie fest. All these guys are good. They can all stake shots, but when you have really tough conditions, you have to have all facets of your game working and you have to be skillful in all those elements. So yeah, it's well said. John Rahm has no weaknesses. He's played extremely well on the toughest courses. And if you pull the top 10 players, you know, where skill shines through the most, they're going to stay on top golf courses.
2: And how good has golf been over the last two, two and a half months? I mean, I I know there were some people saying early in the restart, hey, look, there have been some positive cases. Maybe the PGA Tour came back too soon, and maybe this is unresponsible to have the guys out there and traveling and staying in hotels. Well, it's worked really well over the last six to eight weeks. And not only is it working well sort of off the golf course, but on the golf course, I mean – Uh, You mentioned JT and Morikawa in the playoff, and JT's obviously played really well. Morikawa with two wins, including a major championship. Uh, DJ has done DJ things. Rom has done Rom things. I mean, we have gotten the best of the best, for the most part, playing their best golf. Rory McIlroy is a glaring exception, although we found out this weekend just why Rory McIlroy has not been playing his best golf lately, and that is because uh, his wife Erica is due with their first child quote unquote, any day now. So we're going to get into that when we talk about this week's tour championship and how that may affect some of the things that we're looking at. We've got, by the way, a very special guest coming up with us in just a few minutes. You're going to love what uh, he has to say and what he's doing because he is becoming a popular dude out there within golf social media circles. So uh, just kind of finishing up the BMW championship. uh, uh, Pete, for every sort of inundation, that we've got with all the FedEx Cup references throughout the weekend. And there were way too many of them. And I get PJ Tour is a partner of ours. I love the PJ Tour. We were we were a little flooded with, hey, where's the projection? Who's gonna be where? What's going on? And so there's a little too much of that. You know what? It was all worth it when we got to see that up and down from Mackenzie Hughes on 18, which was not only a great up and down by him, but the culmination of a really good story where this is a guy who was struggling with his game. Uh, late last year and early this year missed a whole bunch of cuts and all of a sudden it's a guy who's now in the tour championship and as you told me before we started the pod uh, this can lead to some really good things for him this year
1: yeah so cool and i echo what you said about where golf is i mean i've never loved the pga tour and and just professional golf more than i do now it's in a great place it's gaining popularity uh obviously covid and the world we live in has been challenging but one huge benefit is more people are playing golf, more people are watching golf. And, uh, you know, both of us are avid golf fans and and love to play it and love to watch it. So that's great. And uh, Mackenzie Hughes, what a story. I mean, I agree with you. It's kind of annoying to just constantly see how the FedEx stuff's moving. And I get it. It's so consequential for these players. I mean, there's just so much money on the line in the tour championship and all the exemptions. And to see Mackenzie Hughes get up and down and his reaction, I mean, it was was awesome. I mean, uh, I was genuinely really really happy for him and uh like we were talking about before i don't know the exact dollar amount i've heard people throw out figures like four to five million dollars it's definitely worth millions of dollars to him that he made that and like yeah these guys are professional golfers and people you know sometimes don't think about like how much pressure there is on them to, like actually you know make a real living uh out of this because you know there's better than anyone covering golfers as long as you have you can go from being someone to nobody in, in professional golf real quick and if you don't capitalize on it that leads to a, a challenging secondary career. And uh, I don't know anything about Mackenzie Hughes' finances, but just looking at his golf career, I know that that was a very meaningful putt for his family. And uh, it's great to see. And that was clutch and rooting for him to, to do well at the tour championship and going forward.
2: There are so many stories over the years of basically just uh, all you need is a, a ticket and a chair and, and a chip and a chair. And and these guys have uh, have all seen some, some sense of that that butterfly effect that domino theory and whether it's hey i got into q school and I, i made it through q school on the number and then i won in my first year out and i haven't had to go back since or whatever it might be i i remember jason duffner years ago shot a 64 i believe on labor day in boston which was enough to get him into the tour championship a few weeks later well getting into the tour championship got him into every major the next year Getting into every major meant that he played the PGA Championship where he finished in sixth place, and that got him into the PGA one year after that, which he won, and he became a major champion. Now, was some or all of that stuff going to happen anyway? Was he going to become a major champion? Yeah, maybe. Uh, But you know what? If he never gets the chance, maybe he never finds out. Maybe he just never gets a chance to show what he can do in that situation. Maybe if he doesn't get into the first one, he doesn't win the second one because he didn't have that experience to back it up. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of good things that can come from something like this for a guy like Mackenzie Hughes. So uh, kudos to him and kudos to uh, our our guest that we've got coming up, Peter, uh, Sam Harrop. If I mentioned the name Sam Harrop to you, if I mentioned that name a month ago, would you have known who it is and do you know who it is right now?
1: Oh, of course. I mean, I've loved his uh, videos. A month ago, I had just probably started – I'd seen yeah. a couple clips and – now I watch all his videos. Uh, I think I tweeted out maybe a week or two ago that it, it brought me genuine joy. And uh, yeah, what a great job he did for us at golf. Camp.
2: And joining us now is Sam Harrop. You might have heard his work recently. Sam has carved out a nice little niche for himself doing golf-related music videos while, uh, while tickling the ivories on his piano uh, over in England where he lives. And, uh, and, and he's done a fantastic job. And he did one for us for golf bet this week. We're, we're going to play it for you at the end. Uh, you're going to have to listen to the entire podcast if you want to hear it, but it's been all over social media already. Sam does a terrific job and uh, Sam, welcome to the podcast. And I, I guess my first question for you is how did you get into the golf related piano music market?
3: <laughs> uh, you know, that's a, that's a common question and uh, it's a weird one. Cause I don't really have an answer. I mean, I I've been playing music for, you know, since for a very young age, um, and uh you know I grew up watching you know watching the golf you know with my dad and things and uh and then I got to a stage where I guess just one day I thought well you know what why don't I just put these two together and see what happens and I did it the first first did it back in February when I did a a Tony Finau song and then yeah just um that one I mean it blew me away the reaction to that one I mean I really wasn't expecting anything like it so after that one went down so well I thought I just I just did another one and that one was well-received too. And then it just kept going and then it just never hasn't stopped since. So I just, (laughs) I just keep going until people get bored, you know? (laughs) Uh,
2: What's it been like for you? I mean, not only getting the reaction from so many people on social media, but getting a reaction from the the people that you're singing about. You you mentioned the Tony Finau one was the first one you sang about Ben on and and Ben uh, uh, reacted to you on social media. What's it like to create something out of nothing make a song out of uh, of these guys and then have them reacting to what you're doing and, and reacting in a very positive way uh, as well. You guys love it.
3: That's the craziest thing really about it. I think happened straight off the bat with uh, Tony Finau, you know, he, he responded really well to it. I was taken aback by that, to be honest. And then Ben, he took it one step further, you know, uh, not only, you know, sort of saying, Oh, I love the song, but but getting his wedge engraved with the the lyrics. I mean, I was just, didn't expect anything like that at all. So, yeah that was that's been the best part of it i think so far
2: just because you're you're getting so much praise so many accolades for everything that you've done and i mentioned that we're going to play this week's uh version of your tour championship preview that you did for golf Bet. we'll play at the end of the podcast here but you rhymed bryson with bryson this week Uh, the music business is that allowed are you are you allowed to do that
3: yeah i mean it's a good point but i i believe it was pitbull who rhymed kodak with kodak so you know if he can do it you know
2: (laughs) is is that the ultimate goal for for you and pitbull to kind of be on stage (laughs) together
3: (laughs) that would be quite the collab wouldn't it
2: any any other kind of special you know special notes special messages from people
3: well, I, I actually, there was a message from um, the lead singer of Mario Speedwagon uh, on, oh, their, on their page just saying, oh, you know, I love, this, uh, I love this version of our song. You know, Sam did a great job of that. So that was pretty cool.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's really yeah. good. What's the hardest name you've had to try to rhyme so far?
3: Well, I mean, I didn't even attempt to rhyme Zander to Shoffle with anything because that, that, that would have been tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can get much harder than that.
2: Do you actually like him to win this week or did it just work within the lyrics? Be honest with
3: me. He has got the best strokes gained uh, record at like, You know he's not. You know he's not been firing on all cylinders. I think the last couple of weeks. But then, uh, you know, uh, maybe the courses haven't quite suited his game enough. No, so I do think. You know, he's obviously got, he's got six shot deficit, hasn't he? Was it seven, seven six or seven shots deficit? Uh, so yeah, right
2: around.
3: That, think it might be seven. But he's. Uh, you know,
2: but uh, he can. You know, I do, I think he could do it. I do like that. There aren't enough songs out there that list strokes gained as part of the uh the main (laughs) lyrics so i i think there is something there sam i I think we can get into like some really hardcore stats you know like proximity to the hole from 175 to 200 yards um i'm Uh, not sure what we rhyme that with but i there's a lot of mainstream uh musical acts out there that just aren't getting into that that area of golf statistics
3: absolutely i mean we've got so much data at our disposal now jason you know so you know why not use it you know but it's a good effect
2: in all serious, Sam, I, I love everything you're doing. I, I thank you for, uh, for doing the song for us this week. It, it's fantastic. Like I said, we're going to play it right at the end of the podcast here, but uh, people can find you at Sam underscore golf on Twitter. And I'm going to let people reach out to you and make their own suggestions too. Cause maybe the, uh, the people out there can have some, uh, some good ideas for you moving forward. Uh, it's fun. I, I'm in favor of anything in golf that makes golf fun, that makes following golf fun. And you are, helping to make it fun right now, Sam.
3: Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. And yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with you, you know, let's take the fun side of it and do what we can with it.
2: Uh, check out his video this week. It's all over social media on Golf Bet and the Action Network, and we will play it for you in just a little bit here at the end of our podcast. Uh, There are a whole lot of bad things about social media these days, Peter. Sam Harrop is one of the very, very good things in our little corner of the world.
1: Sam is great and uh, just another cool story. I mean, he's doing something unique. He's genuinely passionate about it, and uh, he's talented. So it's a lot of fun, and uh, I'm excited to to see uh, more videos from him down the road.
2: I gave him a little grief for rhyming Bryson with Bryson in his latest song for us at Golf Bet, but uh, I will give him some kudos as well because he rhymed Matsuyama, with Rory's baby drama, and that was just fantastic. So I, I need to uh, at least point that out. That was that was tremendous. So uh, and he kicked off our tour championship. We'll get to his uh, his song in just a little bit here, but he kicked off all that tour cha- championship preview. What are we thinking tour championship? So uh, first, uh, before we even get to it, we we've got to point out once again for the second year in a row. There are basically two tour championships, and, and you've really got to watch what you're doing in the books this week because uh, one of them will be basically handicapped. And based on the handicapped scoring system, Dustin Johnson will come into the event at 10 under par, John Rahm at 8 under, Justin Thomas at 7, Webb Simpson at 6, on down the list. You are basically picking guys based on uh, those scores coming in. Or. You might be in a book where they're doing it uh, a more traditional way, and they're just looking at these 72-hole scoring without those bonus strokes added in. So I think the first thing, Peter, that people have to look at this week is just make sure you know what you're betting on.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's always good advice no matter what <laughs> you're betting on, but specifically this week because it's very confusing. For instance, our sponsor, Ben MGM, uh, the main features that they're offering right now are with bonus strokes not applied. For John Robbs, plus 500, DJs, plus 550, JT, plus 900, and on down the board. So I'll be quoting a lot of those prices. In general, I think there's probably a little bit more value there, but I do think you can find some sneaky value potentially on uh, some of these guys with the strokes applied as well, specifically one guy who I kind of like. But, yeah, it's a very interesting week. We have all the best players in the world. Rory's a dynamic that uh, you know I think is worth paying attention to. Um, You know, is he going to play this tournament? What's going on? Uh, Obviously, very happy for him with a future kid on the way. But uh, it'll be interesting. And and you made the best advice off the bat. Know what you're
2: betting. Uh, That's probably a good rule of thumb whenever you're betting on anything. So uh, maybe we should repeat that more often. But, uh, yes, certainly this week because it could get a little confusing. So I mentioned off the top, my guy uh, with those strokes is Webb Simpson. I, I just feel like it's almost too easy to look at Dustin Johnson or John Rahm. Uh, first of all, they're coming off uh, a brutally difficult week where they played what everyone was terming like a major championship Uh, with with tough conditions and a tough setup and getting into a playoff and the physical and mental energy that they had to exert throughout 73 holes last week, I, I really think can take a toll on them and they may not be fresh and ready to go this week. So Webb Simpson's a guy I'm looking at with the strokes. Without him, I, I'm just rooting for chaos this week, Peter, and uh there would be a delicious irony, maybe not for this guy, but for everybody else who's been waiting for Abraham Answer to win one because he's certainly got the talent. We know that he can go out there and win on the PGA Tour. Wouldn't it be something if Abraham Anser plays 72 holes in fewer strokes than everybody else this week and ends the week still with zero PGA Tour wins? Uh, that or, you know, Tony
1: Fino. Uh, yeah. uh, when he, yeah. One of those two guys, That there would be a lot of irony there. Uh, I'm with you. I think the web call is really good. I think that's a, a nice course fit. I really like Colin Morikawa, who I mentioned before. I think he has a real chance to win here. He's a young guy, which I think helps. I think that coming down the stretch here, it's been a lot of golf for a lot of these guys. And Morikawa has, you know, uh, maybe one of the most stress-free games you can have out there, super consistent. And I think being young uh, definitely helps him. But, of course, I like Rom. You know, he's a guy that I'm always on. And, yeah, you get down to the value. Uh, and there's not that many guys to talk about but I really like Billy Horschel. Uh, Billy Horschel okay. played awesome on the weekend and got nothing out of his route. I mean, he was missing putt after, putt after putt after putt after putt. So that's something I'm always willing to buy. And then my biggest piece of advice, the thing I have the most conviction in, and I don't like to be negative about players, but we only have 29, 30 guys here, depending on what happens. The one guy you can feel very confident fading in my opinion is Mark Leishman and the book has started to go <laughs> after him, but something has gone amiss with Mark Leishman and hopefully uh. He can get it figured out, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to get it figured out
2: quickly. Uh, he is playing not his best golf, to put it nicely. Here's all I will say about that because uh, I read some quotes from him after the final round of the BMW. He finished the week 30 over, and I know everyone's going to go, "Oh my gosh, 30 over! I could have done that." No, you oh, couldn't. You couldn't have, first of all, <laughs> secondly, I said, "Look, I, you know, I, I, I feel like I found a little something on Sunday." Am I suggesting bet the house on Mark Leishman? No, probably not. But That said, there are going to be a lot of very similar and and duplicate DFS lineups this week. If you want to differentiate a little bit, you want to be a little contrarian, I don't mind a couple of Mark Leishman plays uh, down in that DFS lineup just to be a little bit different than a lot of other people because I I think they're going to to be a lot of very similar lineups. Uh, you You almost can't avoid it this week just because there aren't that many guys in there one more player that I want to mention because I really like him this week and and I haven't given him enough credit I, I have not been on this guy all summer
1: and Brendan Todd
2: has proven me wrong absolutely
1: that's, that's why that might be my net my night my next year, okay?
2: it feels like every week we get to a course where ah, the course is too long or you know there's there's just too many really good players in this field I don't like Brendan Todd and week in week out. Brendan Todd has proven me wrong. No, he hasn't won during this stretch, but he's played terrific golf throughout. He's gotten unlucky at times. He's had, uh, you know, a couple of bad final rounds when he was in contention, but uh, Brendan Todd's been really good. He lives in Atlanta. Uh, He should be familiar with this golf course with this kind of turf uh, playing on Bermuda grass. Again, Uh, I think it's all set up. He's coming in 11th on the points list uh, coming in 11th on basically this, leaderboard to start. I love him for top five bets this week. I think it's going to be a really nice week for Todd.
1: We're on the same page, Jason. This is good. I really like Brendan. I actually liked him a little bit more than the market did last week, and he's playing awesome. I mean, he has a great short game, putted well, played well on Sunday, could have easily gotten to even par, missed a little short uh, putt on 18 for birdie. But, man, he is playing some golf, and what a great story. I mean, we talked about Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, They've documented a lot on TV, talking about kind of – you know, the, the dumps he was in, the driver yips, uh, you know, people get the putting yips on the PGA Tour, the driver yips. Uh, I've seen it out there, and it's, it's no fun. And the, the the fact that he overcame it, I know it's been talked about a lot, but uh, give big credit to, to Todd. He's 55-1 to one, uh, to win the tournament with bonus strokes not applied. Okay. I really like that. Really yeah. like that. Now, top five, these are top five and top tens. Again, on our, with our friends at uh, MGM, you get paid out in full, if there's ties, and this is huge because dead heat rules really eat into your profits. I think it's, you know, personally, I, I love betting the markets where ties pay in full. Obviously, they price a little bit differently, but still think there's value there. Brendan Todd is, you know, pretty strong value. He's plus 1,100 to be top five. He's starting off in 11th, like you mentioned. Top 10, I mean, you look at a guy like DJ's, minus 2,500, John Rahm, minus 1,250. You're looking at some really, really heavy, you know, you're, you're laying a lot to win a little, with uh, the top end guys. So it's tough to do that. But Brendan Todd, I mean, he's right up there, plus 190. You're going to plus money still on Brendan Todd for top 10. And I think it's a really good golf course for him. Uh, okay. All those odds are uh,
2: at MGM. Uh, by the way, I have a feeling we might mention Brendan Todd's name one more as we get into our ultimate DFS lineup, making a six player lineup on DraftKings as we do in every single edition of the Action Network podcast. And Uh, Peter, I I want you to take us through, because I'm reading this, and I want to make sure I have it right, but it looks like DraftKings, which of course is an official betting provider and DFS provider for the PGA Tour, it looks like uh, they are using the handicap scoring system. Uh, So so guys, we'll start uh, with those strokes, the staggered scoring, if you will, on the leaderboard uh, that the PGA Tour will be using. How will that, how can it, how should it affect our way of thinking going into this thing? Well, first
1: of all, this is a fun week and it's it's you know, you have a lot of good players to fill out with your DFS lineup, but uh, you know, there's only thirty golfers. Uh I certainly think there's more skill in uh, you know, a full field. But it's still fun and there is a the nice little wrinkle here. And DraftKings did a great job with the pricing. So keeping all that in mind, the where you can have an edge, given that, you know, most people are gonna be able to put together a good lineup, is with uh making sure you're unique by leaving money on the table, which is more important than ever. Seriously, more important than ever because there's so many combinations of lineups that everyone's going to have. And then, you know, finding some contrarian picks. So your Leishman thing, I, I get that. Um, I the ball striking stats were so visible that, I, that maybe he did find something on Sunday and maybe I'll dig deeper uh, into a Sunday round. That's something we've been on. Actually, this year is looking at those Sunday rounds uh, going into the next week, uh, part of the reason we were on John Rom last week. So I'll dig into that. But, yeah, finding some guys down here that might be lower on, like a Sebastian Munoz or something. Uh, I think is a, a pretty sharp play. But yeah, DJ's 15-2. You'll never see a, a golfer that <laughs> expensive. So it's, uh, it's fun to make teams this week. Uh,
2: how, many, how many touchdowns will Patrick Mahomes have to throw for this year to get to uh, a 15-2 price tag? Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. All right, well, uh, let's kick it off here.
0: Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose-to-nose with him, and you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting.
1: Well, I know where you want to go, so I won't spend – I'll let you spend the most money, but I'll I'll spend a good bit of our money off the bat. I'll go call him Morikawa, who I think has a lot of upside. I think he can win, and he's one of the guys I actually like. Uh, He's high enough up there that I think he can win the golf tournament. I think the golf tournament sets up extremely well for him, and uh, I think he'll be a little lower-owned. I think people are going to gravitate towards DJ Rob and JT – I like Morikawa at 10
2: I'm going to say ditto on everything you just said and flip it to Webb Simpson at 11,000. Uh, everything you said about Morikawa, I think, applies to Webb as well. Perfect. All right, well,
1: I'm going to go with the guy we just mentioned, Brendan Todd, 7,600. Yeah. Uh, now we've spent a good bit of our money, but I really like this golf course for him. He's playing great. The only thing he doesn't do well is hit it a long ways, but when you hit every fairway, that's a recipe for playing good golf. And Brendan Todd does that as well as anyone.
2: Uh, and, and I'm going to go ditto with everything you said for Brendan Todd and go to the guy I mentioned earlier, Abraham Answer. I, I just feel like, you know, hitting those fairways and greens, he actually hits it a, a lot longer. I, I feel like Abraham Anser gets shortchanged. And, yep. and I mean that literally because he's about my height. He's like 5'7". And so you look at him and say, oh, he's a short hitter. He must be really accurate. And it's like, no, actually – it's a long way. He's just not a big dude. But in any case, uh, Abraham answer uh, is a, a terrific elite ball striker. And I'm throwing him in at only 6,100, which I like that price.
1: Love that price. I'm going Billy Horschel with the next week, leaving you some money. Um, I think Billy Horschel a really strong play this week has been playing great. Almost one a couple weeks ago. Uh, ball striking stats are, are right there. just comes down to the putter I and mean, he gets second. Uh, you know could have easily won, um, uh, when he putted well and you know he puts well this week. I think he'll he'll be right there.
2: All right, he's at 5,700. We've got 9,200 left, and boy, I gotta tell you, if I didn't know better, I would just sit there and look at the guy on top and go, Daniel Berger. I mean, it's perfect, like it's a good golf course for him, he's playing well, it just makes sense. But then we're only leaving 100 on the table, and so all right, well, let's go a little bit further down. Well, the next guy down. Xander Shoffley. I love Xander Shoffley. Uh, Xander yeah. Shoffley has played this event three times. He's finished first, second, and seventh. That's some really strong stuff from Xander at this golf tournament. But he's 8,900, and then we're only leaving 300. On the I 10.
1: already know where you're going. So, I think, and I think you're going to the right place. I
2: know where you're going. Okay. the $8,500 s- guy? No, I'm skipping oh, I'm over right. English. I'm skipping over Patrick Reed. I think that's where you thought I was going. I'm I thought you were going there for sure. be now. Okay, fresh I like off it. A really strong Sunday round at the BMW. Maybe something clicked for him. I this is a little bit of a personal one. I a couple of years ago when Tony played the Tour Championship for the first time, I wrote a big story on him. I walked with him and his coach Boyd Summerhays, and uh, actually spent about 18 holes walking with his dad as well. His dad is this big gregarious guy who's just a blast to hang out with. And so uh, me and Mr. Finau, Gary, we're uh, we're hanging out. Uh, at east lake and still to this day every time i see him he gives me a a big sort of bro hug handshake and you know we uh uh, we talk a little bit and catch up he's such a nice guy and so uh based partially on the fact that he played really well on sunday and partially on the fact that i've just got good memories of tony finau at east lake and i just always thought that you know someday this is going to work really well for him someday he's going to do something really good here so uh at eighty two hundred, we can leave a thousand on the table by taking tony finau and I'm going to do it. What do you
1: think of that? Love leaving a thousand on the table. And we've been buying the guy who plays well on Sunday. And obviously John Rahm played, you know, shot a bogey free, six under. But Tony Finau, I mean, if you watch that round, he was all over the flagstick, including on 18. I mean, he made 18, which was playing so difficult. Looked like a joke. He just drives it a mile down there, lost a little wedge or nine. iron. I'm not sure exactly what he hit. Two feet, seven inches. I mean, taps it in and, you know, he could have gotten more out of that round, too. His putter has been the one kind of shaky part of his game, but if he's on with his putter, he's above average, his ball striking and distance, uh, I mean, he's an amazing player.
2: I think that's a good squad. I, I really like that, and I think that's a good example of what you need to do this week. Even if even if you're saying, hey, I really like Dustin Johnson or I really like John Rahm, that's fine. You can throw those guys in there, but make sure you're leaving some money on the table. Make sure you're differentiating. Make sure you're taking a couple guys that – won't necessarily be highly owned based on the fact that, uh, you know, maybe they're a little bit further back on this opening leaderboard. So uh, Peter, final thoughts uh, before we get to uh, Sam's preview song for the week.
1: I don't want to say anything else. Let's get the Sam.
2: Let's get right to Sam. So thanks everybody for listening to the action network podcast. Good luck with all your bets at the tour championship. Here's hoping you hit the green and here's hoping you enjoy Sam Harrop, our friend, Thanks so much to Sam for joining us and take it away, buddy.